Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on French science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy. And we are back at Ekinkar. Yes. I know you're all excited because this is the big night. This is Saturday night. It's 420. That's why they're excited. There's a lot going on here. This is going to be the big moment. We're going to finally see him. The... Mahanta. We didn't plan that. We no. just both sang. I it. knew what you were going for <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you started that. Yeah. So there were other classes going on after my Eckmasters presentation, mm, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to go to those because everyone was mentioning how there's going to be so much competition to get in to see the living Eckmaster, the Mahanta. Watsi. A.K.A. the Mahanta, A.K.A. Shri Harold Klemp. They were saying there's going to be this overflow room. So even yeah. in this massive room with something like 1,800 seats. It's going to be a riffraff room. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that term. That's great. Yeah, that's what uh, Ellen calls her overflow room. Oh, funny. Okay. And so I'd, I didn't want to be in the riffraff room. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to get there. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go as fast as I can to get in line. So I got out at 3.30 from my last class, and I went straight to go wait in line for the Mahanta. Nice. And I they remember where I was. I know I wasn't there. And they had metal detectors there all set up, ready to scan mm-hmm. us to make sure no harm could befall the Mahanta. Yes. Because I guess he is vulnerable to real-world dangers. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess that makes sense. It's not like they claim he's immortal. Just reminds me of uh, a story of a pope getting shot and them saying that mother mary or you know whichever flavor of mary it was protected him by guiding the bullet to just miss mere Uh, fractions away from having been a fatal shot very nice of her and you think well why didn't she just prevent the shot to begin with well she can only do so much well spoiler thankfully nobody tried anything on the mahanta have any popes been assassinated oh i'm sure at some point in history you think so I don't know my papal history that well. Me neither. Only well, one way to find out. Call the Vatican. That's the only way. All right. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Hello. Hi. Um, This is Carrie. Oh, hey, Carrie. Calling again, huh? Yeah. France, Francie. I like how you're on a first name basis. Yeah, Francie. I, I've been wondering, have any of the popes ever been assassinated? Oh, Carrie, come on. I was taking a nap. There's a there's a Wikipedia article entitled List of Popes Who Died Violently. Whoa, that gets its own article. Martyr Popes. Oh, holy shit. This list is incomplete. You can help by expanding it, Carrie. <laughs> oh, this is a long I don't list. Think I will. Oh, many died died martyrs. There's a lot. We're looking at a couple dozen. It's dangerous names here. being a pope. Murdered Popes has its own subsection. Okay, there you go. Strangled? Allegedly poisoned and then clubbed to death. Poor John John VIII. Ooh. Goodness. Leo V allegedly strangled. A lot of of poisoning. Yeah. Allegedly smothered with pillow, John X. Oh, they've gone through a lot of Johns. Wow. There's like a missing John, and there's an interesting story behind that, but we probably shouldn't get too lost with Pope talk. (laughs) Anyways. This is wild. Okay, well... (laughs) 
One day we'll look into that, but not today, folks. Not today. Fancy, I have to go. That'll be the day. (laughs) Not only the day when you make me cry, but that'll be the day that we talk about. uh, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The preserved saints. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, Incorruptible saints. Yes, uh-huh, incorruptibility. That would be a really fun one to talk about on the podcast. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll talk about that some other episode. Okay, so, anyway, back listen, to Akinkar. We were like, we got to go to this main event, the keynote speaker, Shree Harold Klemp, and everybody sort of says that when he visits you in your sleep, that's real and valid and just as important as seeing him in person but gosh they get more excited about seeing him in person oh yeah absolutely and i learned earlier in that last session that there's a term for being recognized and seen by the mahanta and that's darshan oh okay so you know everyone's super excited probably just for him to glance at them or recognize them or say something about them yeah i I feel like i've heard that term before but maybe it was here Interesting. Yeah, so I was 23rd in line by the time I got there. And I actually, it was a shorter line than I was expecting two hours early. Yeah. Out of the nearly 2,000 people there. But everyone seemed in good spirits. And it wasn't a single line. We were just in this general pen that they Mm. were keeping us in beforehand. And I overheard a few fun things. Some people were talking about how they used to see Shri Harold down at a certain market. Almost sounded like a farmer's market kind of thing. Nice. I support a farmer's market. Which one? <laughs> Just kidding. I support the idea of a farmer's market. <laughs> Lakewood Food Co-op. That was oh, it. Oh, okay. But since he got his walker, he hasn't been down there. Uh, but, you know, okay. even Shree Harold has to go get his food. It's interesting, though, that since his location is such a secret, at least from what my yeah. guide said, you'd think there'd be more people trying to like follow or triangulate Shri Harold. Yeah, I heard that from a few people that they don't know where he is. But you see him at the burrito area. joint. It's kind of tempting. Like, sure. oh, let's see where Just he goes. So follow the train of his farts. So at 5.30, that's when they finally let us in. And by that point, the line had gotten really long. And these people were fighting. Like they really? were, yeah, really stumbling over each other. And wow. if there's a crowd or people really excited about something, I just naturally go into go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead mode. Passive mode. Like, uh-huh. okay. Oh, you're, you're excited. Okay. I'm going to, right. Yeah. I'm honoring your excitement. Uh-huh. You do. Okay. You go ahead. I'm not going to try to outdo you. But I was still, you know, high up in line yeah. going through the metal detectors. And uh, that you were even in double digits. Is impressive. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, these people are falling all over themselves to get like these first few lines of seats. Mm -hmm. So I settled in the fourth row because that was just less contested. But still, I was like 50 feet away from where he was going to be sitting. Very good seating. Oh, totally. Good ticket. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, I I could throw a rock from here. Not that I would ever throw a rock. Sure, a very gentle rock. I'm a stone's throw away. Right. Metaphorically, not literally. throw a stuffed animal as well. Yeah, Some, yes, a nice I'm gift. a stuffed animal's throw away <laughs> from Shri Harold Klemp. You know, then you sit around and wait some more, but at least we were there early. It, so, yeah, there was another hour and a half to just sit there in the chairs. And I remember a woman behind me talking about creating her art and how the act just flows through her. Oh, yeah. great. You you were ready to go into the, the riffraff room. Oh, yeah. Well, one of the things I thought was, okay, well, Ross is already in the main room. If there is a second room, there might be totally different conversations going on there. And maybe that'll be where 
there will be some volunteers there, but maybe higher ratio of volunteers to attendees. So it's maybe I'll see some inside baseball. So I thought about going there, but then when I passed by there, there were only volunteers. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, maybe they're going to empty out that room then if it's just them. Yeah. So anyway, I, went, I ended up going back to the big room. I should have saved a seat for you. Oh, well, I don't know if they would have let you. Yeah, other people were. But yeah, after a while, they had these volunteers come up again in the yellow sashes who were keeping an eye on everybody. And they were placed kind of in every few rows and they'd be seated perpendicularly. So they would turn one chair on the end of the row inward. And then they'd face each other, so one could be kind of watching everybody on this side, and the other. yeah, and you wow. have you have this look on your face yeah, like it's a little intense. That's a little bit much, and that's what I was thinking. Like, yeah, it's just I don't like as I'm watching a talk, someone to be directly facing me, just watching your watching, keeping an eye on me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess they're thinking we're the closest thing he has to security. I guess so. Wow. So I did come in. And found you, and you had a seat next to you that looked like it was empty, but I quickly was told, no, 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 ma'am. Okay. You need to leave. (laughs) Oh, goodness. (laughs) It's okay. Uh, So I went to near the back of the room, but still not the very back. The room was not full. Okay. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Well, no one ever told me how many people were there. Right. Uh, So, yeah, I assumed that the riffraff room never got filled, and those volunteers probably came in the big room. Okay. So yeah, seven o'clock, we had our introduction. There was a woman who came up, Jan, and she told a very Eck-worthy story about being awakened by the words, sell your home now. Whoa, what? Yeah, she had lost her husband of 25 years, and I guess the Mahanta gave her this message as she woke up one day saying, sell your home now. Wait, was this before the Look Into Your Heart song? Yes. Oh. So this somehow. Okay. I was waiting for some sort of culminating, and that's how I earned an extra three million dollars. Right. Or right. No. This just, is why it paid off that I listened. It's just I heard a voice. And, oh. Okay. And I followed. Okay. Okay. We just assume it all worked out. Here you are. Okie dokie. Yeah. Look into your heart. That was a guitar okay. performance. Oh Lots yeah of yeah. Music. Sorry, I thought you were just telling me to look into my heart. No, do it. Um, okay, I'm looking in there, and blood. <laughs> yeah, uh, look into your heart. I don't remember that song, but it was by Rich Miller. So there you go. And it was played by Rava Song. I did write down, she's great, almost a Nora Jones quality. Ooh, Nay. okay. Yeah, I don't remember the tune for that one. So then the MC told a story about her brother teaching her to straddle a lawnmower. <laughs> yeah. And this is some tortured metaphor about learning spiritual balance. Yeah. She had like a riding lawnmower. Yeah. Also, maybe this is very immature of me, but like, don't tell me your brother taught you to straddle. Use a different word. Oh, Okay. It sounded like she was boning her brother. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I just wrote that Eckes work hard to identify spiritual lessons. It felt you know, like they really do. a real reach with that lawnmower story. They must run out of stories. You have to. Guess so. Probably like your first couple years in Eck, you're like, you're spending them all, you know, you're like, <laughs> and that time I almost drowned in the ocean, you know, and then by year six or seven, you're like, oh, Run out I of currency. to the store today, and <laughs> like, they were out of toilet paper, and I really had to think about sustainability. I, did, just, I, I, I didn't fall off the lawnmower, and that teaches us about balance. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. What do you exactly. want from me? I've been doing this 18 years. Uh, <laughs> So then there was a panel mm-hmm. with three people. Yes. There was a young man named Tom. He was raised as an Eckist, 
and he adopted a dog while he and his wife were expecting a child. Now this is a story. And this dog was just, he didn't want to get a dog, nope. but it was the perfect dog. His and, wife really wanted the dog. And so I wrote, great story. Yeah. Now you mean that literally. Uh, I no, was being sarcastic. It was, it, <laughs> no, these weren't good stories. I mean, at least they were about dogs. So I'm picturing dogs, but also Tom wasn't happy at first about that dog, but then he saw the Mahanta in the dog's eyes. Hmm. So there you go. Mahanta in the dog's eyes. Yeah. Hey, Ella. Yes. Ella. Hello, Ross. It's me, Ella. Hello. Ella is between us on this couch. I don't know what I'm looking for in her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The next story was from Karen. Now, Karen went to Home Depot to get potting soil. And she saw a puppy there. Okay, this is this is going to be a good story. Oh, yeah, here we go. She sees this puppy. Presumably someone's giving away the puppies or selling the puppies outside the Home Depot. She sees the puppy. She falls in love. And she was meditating on the love of animals. They come into our lives to teach us about love. And she saw this recognition in the eyes of the man who was giving away the dog. And she was never the same. <laughs> That's a great story. I don't even know. She Did she buy the dog? Did she adopt the dog? What? Okay. And then what? And then what? Oh, you made eye contact. Your story is you made eye contact? Why are you on stage telling this story? <laughs> okay. Well, let's see if we can do any better with Daniel. Okay. He was a man from Algeria who had a super hectic school schedule and it was just making him panic. And one day he was so absent-minded, he put his phone on top of his car and oh, no. he drove home. But guess what? The phone didn't fall off. It stayed on his car. There is a God. And I, I don't believe it. I wrote, better story. <laughs> at least a coincidence. So, yeah, at least something happened. Uh, though he did make a good joke. He said, boy, those are two beautiful stories. If anyone sees my wife, please tell her we need to get a dog. That's a great joke. Yeah. Well done. Good job, Well played, sir. Daniel. Our MC Jan, came back up, and she had a story about Spirit helping her get change for her laundry is that true i yep. didn't write that one down yep and something about <laughs> there was a message on some paper towels like she went to buy paper oh, towels and what, her. Yeah, whatever message was written on the packaging resonated with her she likes she bought dr bronner's and she's like oh my god getting <laughs> <laughs> such a message from the lord one is all truth is love and maybe 9-11 was an inside job i don't know now <laughs> gmos are bad okay <laughs> oh boy so next we had a female singing duo they were singing about the sugmod thanks sugmod for the singing duo yeah. Well, just, you know. It was good. The stories were not good, but the singing oh, right. was good. Yeah. Yeah, we had some folk harmonies here. Then there was a dude who chimed in. It became a trio. And oh. Sugmod's love for soul. Oh, yeah. That was, was a good song. It was good. Yeah, and, and well sung. Apparently, my dude, Larry, Larry Siegel, was playing guitar for this group. Oh, you're a comedy guy. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, well, man. I would, I would cue that song up in my iPhone playlist. Yeah, so I think this was Carolyn Walsh McClanahan was the lead singer and maybe the songwriter. The woman next to me, a very sweet woman, we'll call Tracy. Okay. She was kind of leaning over and whispering things to me because she knew I was new. Mm. And I could tell when Carolyn got up, Tracy got really excited. And so when it was over, I said, who was that? And she said, oh, Carolyn Walsh McClanahan. She's so wonderful. She's so wonderful. So I got out my phone to download her album. And she was like, don't download the most popular one. Download 
this one. It's so good. It's so good. So I I did. I downloaded the one she suggested. Yeah. Not that good. Oh, no. Not that good. Now, is that the same singer who sang the next song, the Mahanta one? I think so. Oh, okay. So I wrote down here, lead singer, cute. Okay. Makes so, sense. There was this country song that seriously stuck in my head yeah. for like a week afterwards. I'd be walking around just singing, Mahanta. Yeah, it's yeah, good. That was the, the main chorus line. But yeah, it was a good song. It's really good. I was good. into it. Real bluegrassy vibe on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Great stuff. So, so good music. Then we had a 10 minute break. Yes, you can tell. We've packed in a lot. We got to take a break now. <laughs> there were so many stories about dogs and leaving your phone on the car. What do you look for in a book? Literally, if on the bag it said, like, this book made me shit my pants, I'd be like, that's, I'm buying this book. Yeah. Like, like, I think the problem with blurbs a lot of times. I like that we both want to crap ourselves <laughs> over books. What's the best way to e-read in the tub? Listen to that noise. I'm reviewing a plastic bag today. <laughs> <laughs> How do you find a good book? This is the most fucked up weird shit you've ever oh, yeah, read. I you're like into it. I'm like, hand it take, over. Take my money. <laughs> I'm Brea Grant. And I'm Mallory O'Mara. We're reading glasses and we solve all your bookish problems. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun. And so now they're getting ready for the leader of their religion, their, yeah. their chief seer, prophet, and revelator. Yeah. Not founder or discoverer, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but still very important. No, this religion's been around for thousands 973rd of years. in an unbroken line that seems to have a lot of big gaps. Mm-hmm. So they started shuffling the cameras around, and they moved this giant camera right in between me and the chair or the oh, area no. where Shree Harold was going to end up. Oh, no. Yeah. So I ended up having like an awful seat. Oh, no. There's this big fat camera. It was you know, like a television camera on a giant kind of wheelie dolly thing. Yeah. That's so unfortunate, too, because he stared down the barrel of the camera the entire time. So he could have been looking at you. Exactly. And oh. I could have had my Darshan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. so I would eventually find myself craning right and left and oh, up and down sucks. just to get a direct glimpse at him. But mostly I'd watch the TV screens. Oh, no. Oh. So we got the same view. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, man. So we're all sitting there. We're waiting. We're like, here he comes. Here he comes. We and sing the hue, of course. Obviously. Pardon me for even forgetting because it's important. Hue. Shri Harold comes out being aided by his wife, Jean, and he's using a chair, a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And, and he's looking very thin and frail. Yeah. And Tracy next to me told me later, like, oh, I've never seen him in a wheelchair. So mm-hmm. he was he's fallen ill. And he himself said, I didn't think I'd be in this condition six months ago. Yeah. As he came out, some kids shouted, I love you, at him. Yeah. And Tracy leaned over and said, that's a tradition for the kids to call out, I love you. Oh, okay. I didn't notice it was kids, but yeah, definitely there were people yelling, I love you so much. Yeah. Real sweet. And then we got the uh, title of the talk. Okay. This is exciting. What will it be called? I am always with you. And everyone says, oh, And clapped. Yeah. We like that. So every big address that he gives at one of these seminars has this kind of memorable title. We mentioned Acres of Diamonds before, which mm, was that's a good one. an allusion to somebody else's writing. But I guess this gives them an easy way to kind of refer to, oh, remember when he gave that talk 
sort of like when a pope gives an encyclical, it has a particular title. I remember one of my favorites that I took to heart was Truth Cannot Contradict Truth. Oh, okay. From John Paul II. Mostly true. Ross is contemplating whether what I just said makes sense or not. He's decided that my mostly true is mostly true. Yeah, I yes, <laughs> certainly. Yeah, if you have truths from different domains, perhaps they can conflict in some practical sense. Yeah. I, I would think that any truth fully explained would be yeah. consistent with any other truth. No, for sure. Okay. That's true. I'm sure it's all true. <laughs> so Harold told us that Every name in this will be fictitious except his own and Jan's, the MC. Okay. Sounds a lot like our podcast usually. Yeah. You know what? We should ask him if he wants to co-host. Oh, I'd welcome that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Open invitation to Shree Harold <laughs> if you want to co-host if our podcast. If you want to be our third co-host, we will consider it. So he told us that he was once offered clairvoyance and refused it. Yeah. Like- this is a bomb, sir. Yeah, the spiritual powers that be above him in these realms offered him the ability to see the future. And he said, no thanks. I worry too much. <laughs> he couldn't handle it. And that's it. why he turned down seeing the future. Also, why would you, if, if you, uh, if you could see anything that would happen, why would you worry? You know what's going to happen. Worry is about uncertainty. Mm, yeah. Worrying that something will happen. I could see depression. But worry? Right. If anything, that would take worry out of the equation. Exactly. You're right. Exactly. But also, this made me think of a storytelling class I took with Margot Lightman from This American Life. She said, never drop a bomb in a story unless you're going to make the story about the bomb. And I felt oh. like, okay, sir, you're just going to move on past the clairvoyance thing and tell me a bunch of stories about someone leaving their cell phone on their car? Oh, seriously. You uh, have dropped a bomb and not made that story about the bomb, sir. That reminds me of the rule of Chekhov's gun. In a play, if you introduce a gun in the first act, if anyone's carrying one, if it's present in the scene, it has to be fired okay. at some point in the play. Or you, else you, it's just too disappointing. Yeah, well, yeah, you can't do that. You're breaking that rule, like setting this up, and now you've kind of commandeered everyone's attention mm -hmm. and their own worrying and foretelling of the future right. yeah it's just one of those kind of narrative rules you, you set up a bomb like you say and right it's got to pay off sure that was the last we heard of him not knowing the future right i'm clairvoyant but anyway let me tell you some stories people sent in to me via email i don't know carrie i was hoping there'd be another dog story of course there will be so this will be the structure of the talk Shri Harold's clown oh, no. will read to us stories that have been sent to him by EC members, Chela's, if you will. And I will. <laughs> and they're all sort of the same caliber of story we've been hearing so far. And he will read them to us from a paper. And yeah, that will yeah. be the talk. He's got roughly a dozen sheets of paper stapled together. And he just kind of slowly works his way through and folds over the paper and reads the next sheet. And he, he is telling us kind of his thoughts as he goes. But I'd say it's two thirds the letters themselves yeah. and a third his thoughts about them. Yeah. He's kind of the concordance that goes along with the letters. There we go. So the first story is called Free Government Coupon. So here's what happens in this story. A woman named Olivia takes her dog to the vet. Mm-hmm. The vet is very impressed with the health of the dog. And the vet says, really uh, impressed. Oh, what kind of dog food do you give the dog? And she says, I don't know what it was, but let's say Purina. 
And then she's thinking, man, that is good dog food. Even my vet noticed that my dog's super healthy. I'm going to call them and I'm going to tell them their dog food's good. So she does. (laughs) <laughs> which first of all wow okay this episode is supported in part by purina <laughs> and it wasn't purina i don't remember what it was so the company sent her a free bag of food but it was a free bag via a coupon okay so she gets this coupon at this the point mail. i'm on the edge of my seat i'm, I'm fucking losing it what, <laughs> what happens gonna happen? what do they say back a coupon <laughs> So they sent her a coupon. Okay. So Olivia goes to the store. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia goes to the store, but the food is on back order. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, I know. What? So, uh, what okay. is she going to do? She's got the coupon. <laughs> so oh. she goes home. But of course, eventually she goes to town again. So she stops at the pet food store again and she shows. Them- she could have gone to a different store, but she wanted no. to be loyal to this store. Exactly. So she shows the owner the coupon, and the owner says he's never even seen that coupon before. She's going to have to go to another store. But she says, no, I'm too loyal to this store to go to another store. So she comes back the next time, and the food is there. And she reminds the owner about the coupon. And then... (laughs) The owner's still like, I don't know, we don't honor this coupon. So she begins writing angry letters at night. And Oh, you took way more notes on this than I did. <laughs> yeah, I took all these and in between I'm writing like, what? Why? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so then that night the Mahanta told her Okay, I got this part. This is just the, the cow, cow throwing tra- you off balance. Trying to pull you off this balance. This is the cow. Trying to pull you off balance. And she realizes this doesn't make any sense. Mm-mm. But then she remembers that we can learn from every experience. Also, Shree Harold had to read that part twice. It made me <laughs> doubt that he was the one who originally said it. Okay. Because he was like, the cow pull you off But balance. this was so difficult for her that the coupon had disappeared and she got this message that didn't make sense. But then she learned that you can learn from any experience. and Even this... Imagine three times the length that we just took telling the story uh-huh. with Shri Harold telling us. So she went back and this time they uh, they did have the food. And, and it was- she, oh, sorry, I lost my place. And she, <laughs> yeah, it, it is slow. So I also wrote in my notes, is he pranking us? <laughs> Because I really wasn't sure at this moment. Like, this story doesn't make... Why is this your first story? Why are you leading with this? Why are you telling us this at all? Not a good story. Nope. And also, you and I are texting each other through a lot of this, being like... Correct. What is this? Why is this? Why is this happening? Why is this in our lives? And so then he clarified for us, okay, so we can learn an important lesson here. Oh, please, God, what is it? Oh. Who really needs a coupon if you have spiritual freedom? Who Uh, cares about a coupon? (laughs) And I wrote, indeed. Yeah, who Who cares cares about this story? I do think it's interesting, though, and this dates back to Paul Twitchell, the use of the term spiritual freedom. That just sounds very Scientology Scientology, to me. Absolutely. But you see, the master was always with her and is always with us all. So there you go. 
What even happened in this story? Did she get the bag of dog food? Did she get it? Because that's your Chekhov's gun, sir. Did she get the bag of dog food? We're willing to overlook your ability to see into the future that you turned down, as long as you pay off this dog food coupon. I don't remember what this was apropos of, but at some point, Shri Harold Clamp promised that he won't jump off stage. And that got it. That got a good laugh from yeah, people. No uh, crowd diving. This was uh, another good example of anything that Shri Harold said that smacked even slightly of being jocular. Yes, would get a, a good hearty at. laugh from the audience. Smacked even slightly of being jocular is the right word for it because it can just have the rhythm of a humorous sentence, but even if the content is not funny. Still, just there's this reflexive laugh. It's a lot like a yes. teal that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll laugh. Sort of half smiling. Yeah. That gets a good laugh. Yep. So next, we get a letter from Raymond, a Nigerian man who works for Shell, the Shell Corporation. And uh, this was a very important gig. I didn't really follow this one. Yeah. And as Shri Harold was telling the story, he kept referring to the Mahanta in a way that felt like he was sort of talking about himself in the third person. Like Trump. Yeah, right. You're the, but you're the Mahant, but you're Trump. But, he but kept, that's you. And he would like talk about the Mahanta. And I think, well, uh-huh. yeah, like, why are you saying that? You're right. the Mahanta. Are you forgetting? Oh, by the way, that's me. Yeah, I think it's like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit where it's like, yeah, it's you, but it's also kind of not you. Yeah, if you play that off well, then you can explain why you don't know all these details uh, yes. that no one ever quizzes him on. Yes, yes. Smart. So Raymond, the Nigerian man who worked for Shell, he's an electrician on a houseboat. He watches generators and a generator broke down. That's all I followed from that story. Yeah. Though Harold had to stop in the middle of all this. His throat had gotten dry. Oh, yeah. So he stops to take a drink of water. And then he starts telling us about how he's eating a lot of foods and some foods produce mucus. Yeah. He has a sheet with mucus forming and non-mucus forming foods. And then he said, apparently there's more to the formula than that. And that got a bit. That's laugh. a laugh line. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, again, right. not particularly jocular. <laughs> so he mentioned the Dream Master, which the Dream Master appears to be the same as the Mahanta. Yeah. But, kept using that term, the Dream Master. But the Dream Master lives in you. Simba. Simba. Are you excited to see the live action? Well, I say live action. It's just CG animated. No. Lion King. Live action. The last two live action movies I've seen from Disney. Live action remakes. I didn't bad. see Aladdin. Aladdin is so bad, Ross. It's I, so bad. I, I think I am contractually obliged to not say how excited I am to see that film. Because you are not excited? <laughs> I that, have no comment. I have no comment. Well, let me just tell you, Natalie Palomides. Loved it. Loved Aladdin. Well, she, she was transported. She loved Beauty and the Beast as yes, well, didn't she? Yes, she did. All right. And didn't like Mary Poppins Returns. Huh. All what right. a fucking freak. What a fucking freak. Listen to Hidden Mickeys. So. <laughs> <laughs> like you throw your co-host under the bus. And then. Listen to our show. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, how did he resolve this? Something like this tank ran out of gas, but then there was water in the tank. But the, I don't even know. The, the lesson was that spirit is always with us. And I wrote, okay. what? <laughs> yep. I didn't follow that Why one was all. the Dream Master important here? Yeah, I don't think there was any. These were 
incoherent stories. Some of them. That last one was too coherent. The first- Too coherent. Oh, the- Dog food dog, one. Except we still didn't find out what happened. Yeah, no, that's true. Like, but, where are you going with this? Yeah, I was thinking this earlier today. Like, some of their stories are way too in-depth down to tiny details. And then some of them- they just gloss over. They never get the ideal middle ground where mm-hmm. I get a little bit and then you tell me a lesson and we move on. Not, nope. I know what you're all thinking. Oh, fine for you to say, Ross and Carrie, you're on part eight of your Ekin Car <laughs> series. That's fair. Well, touche. <laughs> Ross is holding up one finger. <laughs> then we have a story from Liz. She <gasps> moved from the Midwest. <laughs> you love the name Liz? No, no. This is the one with the loquat tree, right? Yes. I'm excited oh, okay. about it. I like loquats. Okay. Do you think it was Liz Warren? <laughs> yeah, Elizabeth Warren. Probably. Probably. Okay, that will punch up this story. So in that, let's assume. In that case, he buried the lead. But. Okay. So Elizabeth Warren moved from the Midwest to Palo Alto, California. This is how rumors get started. And <laughs> she is, she loves fruit trees. You know, Liz. But. This fruit tree in her yard didn't produce very well. Mm. So she she cursed it. I was just thinking that. (laughs) No, that would be Jesus. Jesus reference. So she thought, only squirrels are going to eat the fruit off this shitty tree. Yeah. These are, what are these small fruits with large seeds? Useless. Useless. So her friend, who we'll assume was Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders says, well, that's a loquat tree. And it turns out loquats are good and they have. Calcium. calcium. And she found out later that she was actually low in calcium and she needed more calcium. Oh, my God. I can't believe this. And people say miracles don't happen? Our, A lady yeah. turned out to have fruit? Yeah. Oh, my God. And eating that fruit was not a bad idea. Oh. And one of many ways she could get calcium in her diet. Good blessings be. Sri Harold had one of his little laugh lines here where he said, and actually this was kind of funny because we're all following along and he's very slowly telling us about the loquat tree. <laughs> right. And he says, okay, loquat tree. What's so good about that? And everybody <laughs> everybody laughed. <laughs> See, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's fair. Well done. Well done, Sri Harold. So the spiritual lesson behind this story was that it's important to say, thy will be done. That's the lesson? Yep. Not God will provide or God's blessings or sometimes Look, this overlooked. is the most no. coherent story we've gotten so far. I'm just happy. <laughs> I know what happened. There was a definite payoff. Yeah. At least Elizabeth Warren wasn't like, well, I had this coupon. Hey, and, and we want her to have all the calcium she needs yeah, yeah. for this coming race. Yeah. I'm not making any predictions this time because I still get emails from people being like, I just heard an episode from 2016 where Carrie jokingly says Trump 2016 and she must feel so bad, but she shouldn't feel bad. (laughs) Well, she does, people. Okay, she feels horrible. She did it. It was bad. It is still bad. Anyway, (laughs) next was a Samantha story. Oh, yeah. She had night terrors. Okay, I think I figured this out. It took some writing and rewriting to understand the family tree here. Oh, please explain it to me. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't well explained in the moment. Samantha is the granddaughter of Viola. Linda is the sister of Viola. No, these are all fake names. Yes. Linda is an echist, but everyone else is not. So Okay. So Linda is hearing a story from her sister Samantha about Samantha's granddaughter. Cool, cool. Linda. I just wrote so many irrelevant little details. <laughs> 
So the story was, hey, my granddaughter keeps getting these night terrors. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do about them. Okay. They- so Linda, the Eckist, is like, okay, you know, kids often remember their unpleasant past lives. So maybe that's what it is. Oh, yeah. Like they tried taking her to the pediatrician and nothing came of that. Right. But now Linda was able to Has say, solution. you know, I think it's her living out her past life memories. There you go. So Viola is like, oh, okay. You know, I'm picturing the sister being like, sure, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to fix this problem, but thank you. And that night, Linda meditated on the little girl, on Samantha, Mm -hmm. and mentally showed her the temple, the Ek temple. Yes. And can you believe this? Samantha never saw it. But I guess Linda, in her vision, saw Gopal Das yes. and Watsi. Mm-hmm. You know, again, Sri Harold doesn't say, that's me, by the way. Yep, right. I was there. I can corroborate that. Nope. So then later, Linda shows Samantha a picture of Gopal Das, and she says, oh, I know him. I saw him when I was sleeping. And then she says, and she saw grandma, but not grandma with him. And Sri Harold takes this to mean she saw the sister who had come and visited her in the astral realm. Okay. Yeah, I feel like there was some special import there, like the sisters looked alike and she'd never met one of them. Yeah, she hadn't met Linda. Okay. That's how I took the story. But we are doing a magnificent job explaining this compared to the level of explanation that came out of both the letter and Harold's mouth. (laughs) If you're confused, imagine how we felt. (laughs) So Sri Harold also mentioned around here that his daughter had always told him not to take a trip on a ship. Oh, yes. And he said, and so I never have, mostly because I would get seasick, not because of what she said. That got a big laugh. That's an actual joke. That was a good laugh line. Yeah, he also, while he was telling the story about the granddaughter seeing these visions, he also made some comment about how, oh, yeah, I I had to cut a lot out of this one. You know, cut, cut, cut. And then I texted you and said, I should have kept cutting. (laughs) (laughs) And moments later, he said, maybe I didn't cut enough. Which was a good laugh line. So well done. But yeah, the important part of that story was that at three or four years old, kids forget their past lives. But before then, they have dreams of their past lives. And if pediatricians knew this, they could be way more helpful. Yeah. So there you go. You heard it here. If you're a pediatrician listening to this, let us know if this helped you. Why am I saying if? Let us know that this helped you. (laughs) Yes. And you're welcome. (laughs) So now we get, guys, you won't believe this, another story. This one's about Amy and Sarah. Well, Amy was checking out a store, and she had an inner nudge to watch the women entering the store. Well, one of the women who walked in was a woman she had worked with 30 years before. Wait, wait, Carrie. It's important to say that this was an organic juice bar. Oh, was it? Yes. Good. So Amy calls that woman's name. Sarah, she calls, but Sarah's friend looks at her kind of suspiciously, and Sarah isn't responding. And so the friend explained that Sarah has Alzheimer's. And then Harold is like, you know, people who talk about the golden age of life, they don't know about the iron side. There is nothing worse than growing old. 
Whew. Yeah, that's yikes. That's a pretty strong statement from yeah. a, a frail elderly spiritual leader speaking yeah, from the stage. Kind of a bummer. I mean, I, I get it. I get it. Aging sucks for lots of people, probably most people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's this weird thing where you're like a spiritual leader who's supposed to sort of rise above and be inspirational anyway. And yeah. maybe that's too much to put on a mortal human. Yeah, he was up there looking very gaunt. I noted his eyes just looked very beady. Oh, Where okay. you could only kind of see the darks of his eyes. Yeah. Uh, you might be wondering, what was the point of that Amy and Sarah story? Well, it's that we go through bad stuff because of past life karma. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's why this woman got Alzheimer's? Yeesh. Yeah, it's her fault. So sometimes it's karma. Also, sometimes because they are beyond the fifth initiation. Oh. That was another thing he said. So either you did something really bad or something really good? Yeah. Okay. So there you go. You can interpret it either way. Okay. I'm going to vote good. All right. Yeah. If I get Alzheimer's, I'm going to assume I was past the fifth initiation. Harold still hasn't visited me in my sleep. I have his goddamn photo by my bed. Harold, what do you want from us? We invited you as a a third co-host to our (sighs) podcast. You we- gave me the B sound, you gave me the bell sounds, but you won't come and visit my dreams? Follow up, buddy. Ugh. Call her back. Exactly. All right, then there's another story. Oh, good, a story. Yeah. So there were two men, Jack and Bill, in the restaurant, and uh, they asked this other guy, hey, uh, why does your wife always walk first when you come in to join us? So then the husband thought quickly and said, well... How does it work in the military? If you have a general and a sergeant, who walks first? And that got a good laugh. She's the general. Is the general above the sergeant? I don't even know. General sounds higher because, yeah, then you get to like a four-star general. You just you oh, just start yeah. upgrading as a general. Patton was a general, right? Oh, yeah. Patton? Yeah. I've heard of that person. Very good. Thank you. Did you see the movie? Did not. With- but I saw Patton Oswalt in a movie theater. Oh, I saw Patton Oswalt with his daughter at- I saw him with his daughter in the movie theater. Oh, I saw them at a restaurant. What restaurant? Urban Eats. Okay. It has now gone out of business. Oh. Well, I saw them at the New Beverly Cinema. What were they watching? The Last Unicorn. Oh, which you're a fan of, right? Oh, I love it. I've been meaning to watch. As an animation fan, I need to watch The Last Unicorn. I think you'll like it. It is on my list. It's really good. It will be watched soon. Anyway- so Sri Harold also received a letter saying he was the humblest person in the world. And he said, I must correct this. I'm not the humblest person in the world. No, I'm the humblest person in the universe. Oh, that got a huge, huge laugh. Huge, enormous was good. laugh. Yeah, he, yeah he, he did sell that well with his little like, sometimes you, you need to correct things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the most humble man in the universe <laughs> that, that was actually well delivered yeah it was and a then, good joke and then he said you can bet i'm going to regret saying that <laughs> which is also funny yeah so you know he's he's got some humor yeah, there on his way. okay we got more stories there was one about thai food you guys get it endless stories then he interrupted himself to say that he has cataracts so he was having trouble reading and yeah lots of problems he's complaining about all his mucus and being in a wheelchair and he's got cataracts and i'm thinking healer heal thyself yeah because people have all these healing stories oh it's such a bummer like you don't want to hold an old person to that standard but then it's at the same time belief system does yeah when you are the pope when you are the (laughs) chief seer and revelator when you make these big claims about what your religion can do 
You invite I, that criticism. Exactly. Yeah. You really do. But, you know, just as he interrupted himself, shall we interrupt ourselves to tell our fine listeners a story? Just kidding. To tell them about Quip. Quip? They make electric toothbrushes that fit easily into your toiletries bag and are as great for traveling as they are at home. It's true. Quip features sensitive sonic vibrations, built-in two-minute timer, and multi-use cover. Their brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist's recommended schedule every three months for just $5. And Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association. I love my Quip. When we were traveling, doing all our live shows, had my Quip with me every time. Yeah. I'll be taking my Quip with me again uh, this summer to Camp Quest. Hey, Camp Quest. That's right, because even though I'll be out there in the woods... I still have an electric toothbrush because it's battery powered. And because safe and sanitary in part means having a toothbrush. Absolutely. And as we say at camp, germ sharing is not caring. True that. So Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash oh no right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash oh no. So... Back to our adventure with these stories. There's another story with a woman named Etta. Yeah. She, she was sponsoring uh, the Sound of Soul event at her college. She put posters everywhere with leftovers. She had a lot of posters. Mm-hmm. And then she talked to the Thai restaurant. Mm-hmm. Hey, can I can I put my posters here? Mm-hmm. I just wrote yada yada yoga mm-hmm. studio. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, I'm getting really bored now, you know. Uh, uh, then then her car needed work and she needed a tire gauge. You guys, it's just pointless stories at this point. None of this was apropos of anything, but yeah, the car mechanic who looked at her car, turned on the engine and heard the Hue CD. Uh, that was, that's important. Yes, this was the big spiritual moment. This moment that completely passed by the person who's the actual star of the story, but to this woman was meaningful. Yeah, we didn't need this. I guess it was just to demonstrate that, hey, I was doing good work, and then this came to me. Maybe she was thinking like, I'm not going to be able to actually share the act. Oh, here's my opportunity. You know what? Maybe she found a karmic canic. Uh, clap, 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 Thank clap, you, clap, thank clap, you. Clap. So he liked the hue so much that he wanted to take a card and then learn more about Ekinkar. Now- <laughs> I want to see that exchange, though. D- like, what? what is this? <laughs> oh, it's the hue. Uh-huh. Here, here's a card. She mentally remembers this to tell everyone forever. Now, if she said, and that car mechanic is now Shri Harold Clamp, <laughs> then it would be a cool story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, there was no payoff. Yeah. Or the- that car mechanic is- Kamala Harris. <laughs> Are we just going to mention every candidate? Well, she also did that thing where she's like, and that little girl was me. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. In the busing but story. But it was well It was well delivered. Yes. So at this point, oh, also, I'm nodding a lot, by the way, through all of this, because I've got Tracy next to me. She's really into it. I'm taking a lot of notes, which is always a little conspicuous. So I'm doing the like, mm, I'm into this nod. Just okay. Like, oh, yeah. No, I'm with it. Oh, this is meaningful to me. This is a big deal. I like this. I don't recall being under any similar pressures. There was... A man next to me and in between us was his son, and his son was, I think, distracted by his phone or video games or something oh, okay. like that. So I didn't feel bad vigorously taking notes. Gotcha. Well, listen, he's done with the stories, but you know what's important? How about he summarizes all of the stories? <laughs> yeah, after slowly- What? Taking the pages and kind of flipping back through them. Oh, where am I? Where? Oh, where is this? Okay, so- 
Yeah, so we had... The dog food coupon. Stop! Stop! <laughs> and yeah, he's recapping all of these little spiritual messages and summing them up for us. Ugh. All of which were like a bad fifth grade paper. Uh, yeah. Felt like I was At reading best. like a bad fifth grade paper where, you know, you've been told you need to tie this up with a little message. Mm. It's like, oh, and that teaches us that you need to share with others. Sure. Why yeah. Not? Okay. Does it really? Oh, fine. You fulfilled the requirement of this paper. B minus. That reminds me when I was a nanny, I had a little boy in middle school who had to write a paper about video games. And it was, do you think there should be violence in video games? And he, he played a lot of video games. Okay. So, so he's an expert. So he wrote a paper arguing that, no, there shouldn't be violence in video games. It's bad for young minds. And I was uh -huh. reading it and I said, Brayden, is this what you believe? Because I see you play a lot of violent video games. And yeah. he's like, well, no, but... You can't just say to your teacher, we should have violence in video games. And I said, wow. I said, Brayden, yes, you can. You know, like this is this is what this is about yeah. is learning to articulate the thing you feel. A profile already. in courage, you might say. <laughs> and I saw it just like, you know, the gears working in the lights. <laughs> and it was like a formative moment for him. Like, okay. oh, okay. Like, I can actually say the thing I think. Oh. And that boy became Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> Braden, uh, uh, quotation marks, Bernie Sanders. That's right. I am very old. I want all of our <laughs> stories now to end with, and that girl became. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, boy. So then Sri Harold thanks us for having him. And oh, but he did say when there is an Eck event, all bad powers will try to prevent us and him from getting there. So thank you for making it. Which so reminded me of going to Holy Roller Assemblies of God event and women saying, oh, I had car problems. The devil is trying to keep me away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just little flashbacks there. He also mentioned how to tell if something happening in your life is from Eck. And he said, if it causes destruction, it is not Eck. <laughs> That's negative power. Hmm. So there you go. There so you go. It, when things go well. That is Eckenkart. And if things don't go well, well, then that's just uh, you know free will and negative power. One time my mom and stepdad got a random package in the mail of just the DVDs of Downton Abbey, and they thought it was from me. And they were like, did you send this? And I was like, do you like it? And they said yes. And I was like, it's from me. Oh. <laughs> and I told them later Oh, okay, okay. But, but you were, it seems like the same trick. You were playing the, the God loophole there. Right, right. Yeah, if I get like credit it, for good things. That's like the old joke. Oh, if you really enjoyed your service tonight, uh, tell them Joe helped you. And right. uh, if you didn't, uh, tell them Peter. Right. <laughs> Democrats vote on Monday and Republicans vote on Tuesday. Same old Similar. trick. <laughs> Oldest trick in the book. Ah, oh boy. So as he's leaving, of course, we give him a standing ovation. This was an amazing speech. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I heard people muttering afterwards and talking to each other, just saying, oh, it was tough to see him like this. Oh, uh, yeah. Tracy and said that to me, too. I talked to someone else later who said, yeah, no, yeah, I mean, other talks are usually better than this. Like, oh, okay. this is not usual. Okay. So yeah, that like actually did see first that discomfort where people yeah. clearly could see his declining faculties. Yeah. But then also trying to revere what he says. Right. But yeah, it was clear that they were disappointed. 
You're reminding me that I remember Tracy at first said, oh, he's not usually in the wheelchair and it was really tough. And then I remember her kind of circling back around to why this was a good thing, but I can't remember what her justification was. But I remember kind of watching her go through that. Uh, oh, it's really sad. But, you know, maybe there was a lesson in there. And actually, now that I think about it, it was perfect. Yep. Yep. Uh, so it was a little before nine o'clock at night when we got out of there. And then we all dashed off to have some cake. Boy, dashing makes me think of online security. <laughs> Same here. It makes me think in particular of Dashlane. And Ono, Ross, and Carrie is actually supported in part by Dashlane. Well, let me give you some points about Dashlane, Carrie. Mm. First of all, Dashlane is the only tool you need to stay safe online. Really? Yeah, it's got you covered. Worried about losing access to accounts? Having weak or reused passwords? Are you worried about these things, Carrie? No, but I could be. Worry is the lack of certainty about what is happening in the future. Mm, right. And that's a pretty good way to sum up online life. Here's some other things you could be worried about. Are you worried about someone monitoring your internet history? Are you worried about your data getting hacked? Yes. Okay, well, Dashlane keeps you safe online from every direction. Using Dashlane is a great life hack because you don't need three or four different tools. Dashlane does what they do all in one package, and it's cheaper. Oh, my goodness. You've convinced me that I have a problem, that I need to solve the problem, and that this is the way. All but, you have to do- <laughs> But this isn't like salvation where like I just created a non-existent no, issue is and offered you the solution. In People this case, get hacked. And there's way too many passwords to memorize. It's yeah. tough work. And if you use the same password on different sites, you're really opening yourself up to problems because one site gets hacked and yep. everybody has that password. Yep, no yep, good, yep. no good. So all you have to do is download Dashlane and you won't have to worry about online security issues ever again. <laughs> ever again, guys. I'm saying it here. There will be no other problems <laughs> in your life online if you download Dashlane Yes, I mean it. Are you worried about that recent tech company hack? Well, Dashlane will tell you if your data is compromised. Are you worried about having access to all your passwords on any device? Dashlane's got you covered. I know what you're thinking. Well, what if Dashlane gets hacked? Well, guess what? They store all this data, but you have a master password. And if someone gets all your data mm -hmm. from their website, they download their whole database, which has never happened. If they did, it's useless to them. It's all encrypted. You still, you still have to give them your master password. And don't do that. Keep a very, don't do it. Keep a very secure one that you will remember. But I highly recommend password management. You can even use Dashlane to generate more passwords for you that will be secure, fulfill all these requirements, you know, and have all the random digits. Or you can just generate your own very highly secure passwords. And Dashlane will keep them all in one place. It's got apps and you can use a website from any device, any platform, any operating system. So you don't have to worry about like, oh, well, what if I'm left without it? You can always log into the website and get access to your stuff. It's a really good way to go. And I found when I started using password management, my life got a whole lot easier. Oh, okay. There really was a problem. So, that was fixed oh, for you. absolutely. And yeah, I'm good at memorizing things. But even still, it's just, it's insane the number of passwords we need nowadays. Yeah. And if you're going to be honest about keeping them different, you'll want something like this. So, yeah, what can someone do, Carrie, to get Dashlane? Well, Dashlane has a basic free version, but Dashlane Premium has all of those features we mentioned. And it's cheaper than most VPNs or standalone security services. Yeah, there's a VPN product built into this, a virtual private network. So you can route your internet traffic. So get peace of mind knowing that Dashlane is actively protecting you 
from every angle, go to www.dashlane.com slash onrack. That's dashlane.com slash O-N-R-A-C. To get a free 30-day trial of Dashlane Premium. And try these features in action. If you like it, use your coupon code ONRAC, O-N-R-A-C, at checkout for a 10% discount. Do it. Secure yourself. It'll make your life so much better. And then you can tell a long story about how you went to a website and you didn't have the right password. And well, then you heard this ad on the podcast and you decided that it was time to get a service. And you went and got Dashlane. Well, three months later, someone asked you for money from Nicaragua. And you said, oh no, I'm being hacked. But you knew that it would be okay because you had Dashlane. And the moral of the story is... I can't interrupt this because it's such a good history Herald impersonation. This is fantastic. <laughs> the moral of the story is you should have this product. Yes, we have shared our Ekinkar's spiritual message. Everyone loves it. All right, so what did we do next? Let us eat cake too. Pretty good cake. I remember I wasn't feeling so well. Yeah, you were starting to get sick. Yeah. Funny enough, I started getting sick that night, but you were getting stomach sick and I was getting like cold sick. Oh, okay. But as we were walking out of the cake emporium, which is what I call the big central room where people were eating cake. Okay. Oh, I should say, before we even proceeded over to this cake Mm -hmm. dispensary area, Mm -hmm. there was a session going on, which at least I was eyeing. I don't know if you were interested in it at all, but it was called Explore Your Next Spiritual Step. And it was all about helping new members of Ekankar kind of discover what they need to be doing next. And no one was in it, right? There were two people in there. Okay, I remember hearing about this. There were two people nervously pacing outside, looking around, waiting for others to come join. And I felt so bad. Like, I sat at a table where I could kind of scope it out. But I thought, ah, like, I feel like I know exactly what they're going to say. Oh, really? Okay. And when I went to that newcomers thing, I felt like, please give me some direction. Because I do feel like Eck doesn't give you like a thesis statement from the get-go. They're not like, this is what we think and this is how you get, there's no thrust. Okay, well, I felt the instructions would be, you need to start reading all these materials. You Mm. need to start Mm -hmm. singing the hue. You need to, (laughs) you follow these steps that you're going to get from these booklets and stuff. The easy way. And yeah, I felt so bad for the people standing outside trying to corral in more members, trying to body route them in. And I felt bad for the two people who had wandered in there and were sitting in this little circle of chairs looking very forlorn, like, oh, no, I shouldn't have come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I was kind of monitoring this from afar. And I think we were texting at the time and I was saying, yeah, if there's a few more people, we should do this. But Mm -hmm. I I don't want it to be just the two of us being half the audience as well, then it just didn't feel like it would be a a real experience for us to observe. But as I was sitting there, a young lady came up to me and said, hey, I just wanted to tell you, I really loved that story that you read. (laughs) Yeah, I I can't remember how she referred to it. But yeah, my Hue app ad from the writing seminar. They're still talking about it there. (laughs) I think that's going to be read from stage next year. Did he send it? (laughs) I hope he sent it. Did we record that? She said that she had been 
pretty bored during the workshop, but my story made her look up. Okay. And yes, she was a very sweet young lady and we're comparing stories and I said, oh yeah, I'm very new to all this. And she said that she works in LA. Oh, okay. For a major media company. So she gave me her email. I have it here. Oh, wow. And I gave her my email. Okay. And I don't know if she looked me up and realized I do a podcast. Sure. And that I was starting to release episodes about Ekinkar. I don't know. Yeah. But I have not contacted her. And that woman is Kellyanne Conway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, we talked for a little bit. And she's a second generation Ekist because, of course, she is. Sure. a young lady here mm-hmm. at an Ekinkar conference. How young are we talking? I would say in her mid to late 20s. Okay. And she kind of admitted that she hasn't been to the local Ekinkar Center in LA. Ah. Uh, I just haven't been as involved lately, but I want to get more involved. A little bit of a Jack Ekist. Yeah, and I was thinking, oh, maybe yeah, I should send her an email. You should You should nag her about not going to Ekinkar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, that, that is exactly what I was planning to do with this <laughs> correspondence. So then we went off to eat cake, right? Yeah, and the, I started piling up this plate full of dessert because they had all these desserts out. And not realizing it wasn't free. Yeah, this was a paid <laughs> dessert yeah, bar. So yeah. yeah, I'm grabbing all this stuff. And as I'm in line, I make friends with this, I assume, couple Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was a little confused about their relationship, but we were talking and the man, as we were talking about professions, I mentioned that I work in animation and he was saying, oh, I've always wondered how they make the CG films. Like, what is the process? Oh, wow. And I said, Big question. And I said, well, you're probably talking to one of the best people you could about that. One of my roles is to explain that process to people who started our studio. So I started giving him this presentation. I said, if, <laughs> if you want it, I'll give you the whole presentation, just minus the visuals. Uh-huh. He's like, yeah. And so oh, no. That's I, where you were? I, yeah. Oh, wow. so I'm telling these two people the entire Disney animation pipeline. Okay. <laughs> we stand in line and they're into it they're loving this and they're asking questions they're really involved like gladly have them in my class (laughs) so we get to the line and before i can do anything they buy my desserts for me that i piled up your eight desserts this is very sweet (laughs) yeah yeah, it was like two before i realized oh there's a cashier that's why this line is going so slowly so then i stood around for like another 10 minutes telling them more about how to animate films. Nice. And next year, they'll be up on the stage telling the story because he was already saying, I've wanted to know this for so long. Oh, wow. And now you've answered this for me. Oh, my God. That's God right there. How did that happen? Ekinkar. God. The Sukhmod. The Mahanta. Gopaldas. Fubiquants. Katadaki. That's how all this happened. So meanwhile, I was just outside those doors talking to a gentleman who had been in Ekinkar a long time. We'll call him Thomas. And Thomas and I were standing at one of those tall tables that goes up to your boobs. You might say he was our guide, our Thomas guide. <laughs> yes. To Ekinkar. He's from Alaska. A table that goes up to your boobs. Yeah, that's you very, know the ones. Yeah, that's yeah. very descriptive. I like it. <laughs> So, yeah, we were talking about Alaska and the Ek community in Alaska. And he's, he said, like, oh, Alaska is more sort of laid back. Like, everyone's just mm. a lot more chill there. And I Relaxed. said, chill. I bet it's chill there. Oh, I see what yeah. you did there. I was feeling sick, but I was still on my game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had been in Ekinkar for 47 years. Yeah. And you talked to him for a long time before I came out of my, my cake stupor. Yeah, but it's true. And his wife, who he's been married to for a long time, she is not an Eckist. 
Whoa. Yeah. But, you know, he said, like, oh, it doesn't really cause any problems, you know. And that makes sense. They don't have, like, a salvation theology, so I can see why it wouldn't freak you out Not necessarily worried about their mortal soul. Ah, they'll figure it out in the next life. Right. Yeah, I I did ask him also about Darwin Gross. And, yeah, he was like, oh, you know, it wasn't a situation I followed super close, but apparently he was, like, taking money or something. And uh, I don't know. So then this new guy came. And that was good, too. Uh, Very uh, laissez-faire. Yeah, yeah. No big deal. Yeah. He recommended Wisdom Notes. And The Stranger by the River by Paul Twitchell. Yeah, he, I remember that. Because I think I asked him, like, where should I start with my reading? Because mm-hmm. there's just so much. And he was like, oh, that's such a big question. Yeah, oh, boy. And then he said, just see what speaks to you. And I'm like, dude, there's like 60 books. Come on. But it turns out the answer is the easy way. That's where you're supposed to start is the easy way. Discourses. Yeah. But I didn't They know solved that, that one for you. And uh, he had particularly been drawn into Eck by The Tiger's Paw by Paul Twitchell. Mm-hmm. And he said that as he read it, he recognized a city that he had had a vision of or a dream of before. Uh. It was like this beautiful glowing city in the middle of a lake. And he's like, wow, oh, he's describing exactly what I saw. Yeah. It, it reminded me of being in realism and talking about intelligent design oh, sure. with people and them saying like, oh, finally, like someone explained someone gets exactly it. what I've been waiting to hear. Like, oh, okay. Wow, okay. Like, uh, you know, everybody has just like a perfect little like set of tumblers and a lock, you know, and every now and then the key goes in and it just fits perfectly. Mm-hmm. And uh, for him, it was the tiger's paw. For the other mm-hmm. guy in realism, it was... The book which tells the truth. <laughs> yeah. I felt like the the theme of this conversation with Thomas was, okay, guys, I can answer all your questions. I can tell you what to read. I can do my best to summarize this belief system for you. But until you have a personal experience, none of it matters. And once you know, you know. Yeah, but he was still willing to just talk oh, yeah, for to sure. us openly and freely. But yeah, he was saying, oh, well, you know, just keep doing your exercises and keep working at it. He was saying, I think he does exercises 20 minutes a day. That was the the important message is we just wait for our own personal experience. But then you wandered off for a bit. I used the restroom. Did not feel good. (laughs) And I didn't know that. So I'm just chatting with him. And then some of his friends from Alaska come over. And so then we've got, you know, four people at the table talking. And this uh, other guy engages me, this other guy from Alaska. And he's telling me about these giant tomatoes they grow. (laughs) And the fish that they catch, and he's one of those people. Very chill. One of those people kind of likes to brag about himself, and so Mm -hmm. he's just telling me all these stories about all these cool things that he knows and does. Okay, okay. I'm thinking, when is Carrie coming back? How long should I be here? (laughs) And I had texted you, and I didn't see it. Okay, yeah, Yeah, I I wasn't paying attention to text. So finally, I I gently bowed out and said, "Oh, I better go look for Carrie." Uh huh. And then you see, there's a text from me being like, "I don't feel good." Yeah. So you you got home. Yeah, I went back to Ella Poppy, back to the Airbnb. Okay. Probably got lost on the way back. Whew. So, uh, yeah, that was a long day that Saturday. It was. There will be one more day. But before we get to it, we have a pretty exciting episode coming up next oh, week. Oh, man. We have this amazing interview with uh, someone who knows quite a bit about Ekinkar. Yes, it's not Shri Harold Klump. Don't get that excited, but get close. Yeah, get pretty excited. Get pretty dang excited. So we'll share that interview with you next week. I'm very excited for you to hear it. Me too.
Until then, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. Nice. Thank you. Our administrative manager, oh, there's <laughs> nothing to echify in that, is Ian Kramer. Our administrative mahantager is Ian Kramer. <laughs> I had more time to think about it, though. Oh, well played. Thank you. Thank you. I was like, can I say a Kramer? <laughs> And you can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate, D-O-N-A-T-E. That would be a wonderful thing of you to do. You can also support us just by telling your friends, letting people know that you like this podcast. And you can do that by word of mouth. You can do it by trapping people in your car and playing episodes at them. <laughs> you can do that Technically true. by leaving positive reviews on iTunes, on Spotify, on Stitcher, mm-hmm. on over. Wherever cast sure wherever it is you get your podcast leave us a review there exactly or just take a sharpie and write it on your forearms listen to ono ross and carrie and then just walk around waving your arms like us on facebook and uh, comment on our posts there follow us on twitter at ono podcast all of those things are very helpful and we appreciate all of you who support us financially and otherwise uh it means the world or get a tattoo of the letters that spell on rock down the bridge of your nose. Don't do that. But you could. No, no. But you could. Now you've now but you just you could. no. <laughs> Ella just sneezed. She didn't like those sounds. And remember from Shri Harold Klemp's 2011 talk, a clear message. So my sister wrote. She said that. Two feral cats had come to their home. They'd been just the neighborhood cats for a while, but my sister keeps putting out food. And the cats pretty soon decided this was home for them too. And their two cats, Panther is the black one, He's Top Cat, and Growler is orange and white. Now the two get along fine all the time, except at feeding time. Panther has a habit of hogging the food dish. He'll Whenever Growler comes up, wants to get a little bit of food, Panther will ease his body around in such a way that it very nicely pushes Growler away. So this happened day after day, day after day. But now here's the point. People think animals are not so quick. And some people think so, especially of cats. And and then the ones who have cats say, well, you don't tell cats anything. Cats do just as they please. But cats can think. Cats are clever, very clever. Once they get and put their mind to it. But you know that's work, and so they don't always do that. 
I'm the JV Club Podcast, Janet Varney, and I used to suffer from indecision. I couldn't choose between Star Wars and Star Trek, whether to call or text, or the best way to cook my eggs. But now, thanks to my weekly dose of We Got This on Maximum Fun, my decisions are made for me. Thanks, Mark and Hal! Warning, We Got This may cause shouting, phone throwing, the illusion that the hosts can hear you, laughter on public transit, and death. We Got This with Mark and Hal. We know what's best. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.